welcome to the Forgiven Once For All podcast. My name is Shannon Lee, and today I'll be your host. This week we're going to talk about confession. We're going to answer the questions, do we need to confess our sin every time we sin? And do we need to confess every sin we have committed in order to be forgiven? See, these are questions that are in the minds of both new believers and in the minds of believers that have been saved for a while. The idea of confession is taught in Christian churches today as a way of cleaning ourselves, as a way of applying the word like almost like a bar of soap or, you know, taking a Christian bath. If we just confess all our sin, then God's going to forgive us and make us clean. And just like everything, they take part truth and part lie and mix it together to create a doctrine of man. So we're going to look at confession today. 1 John 1.9, this scripture is most commonly used when confession is being preached from the pulpit. It says, if we confess our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The scripture is typically read alone and out of context and used in a sermon about sin, about separating ourselves from the world, uh, about cleaning ourselves up, getting closer to God. And then the preacher will say, if we confess our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us. See, I used to believe this most of my Christian life. Oh, when I sin, I I just get on my knees before God and I ask God, forgive me sometimes with tears because I would keep falling into the same things over and over and I would confess and then I would confess again and I was constantly confessing and in my heart I was a little unsettled because I never knew if I had fully confessed if I fully had repented and and confessed everything that was in my heart sometimes we would have prayer meetings and we would have Times where you were to reflect on your heart, search your soul, the preacher would say, for anything that could hinder you from your relationship with God. This is what I'm talking about today. The need to search yourself, to cleanse yourself, that somehow you've got to dig all this mess out from the dredges of your life and to expose it to God and ask for forgiveness. This is the idea of the confession that is being preached in most Christian churches today. See, this verse is used over and over again to defend the need to confess. But we need to take a look at this verse in context. See, context is everything. We cannot just pick and choose verses from the Bible and make them say what we want to believe or what we want others to believe. We have to take the scripture that was written and we've got to, number one, see who it was written to. We need to know at what covenant the scripture was written 
and we need to know the context that the scripture was written. What was the author trying to say? What was he trying to communicate? So we don't just take scripture and pull a scripture here and pull a scripture there and splice them together to create our message. We need to understand the truth. We need to understand the context. So who was the scripture written to? Was the scripture written to only Christians? Or was it a mixed audience? See, the early church had both believers and non-believers in attendance. The early church was a mixed congregation. There were people that weren't quite convinced yet, and there were people that did believe. This is why sometimes um, you see Paul and and John and Peter, sometimes in their in their letters they switch. They talk about um pagan practices and and things that sinners were doing, and then they switch and start talking to church members. This is exactly what we have going on here. Sometimes the messages had an evangelistic appeal. And that's what I believe this verse, what was going on here in 1 John. John was writing an evangelistic appeal to a group of people that were not believers yet, or that they did not believe the true gospel. See, there was a group in the early church that was rising up with a doctrine. They were called the Gnostics. And the Gnostics, they believed many things. They believed that they had no sin because all material things were corrupt. They went on to believe that Jesus did not come in the flesh because he was God and could not be corruptible. They believed that it didn't matter what they did in their flesh. It had no consequences, and they often incorporated sexual practices in their worship because they believed this, that it didn't matter what you did, that you had no sin because we were spirit. To some extreme, they taught that God was not the true God, but some lesser God that created the earth and because it was created corrupt and the true God could not create a corrupt earth. So we see here that John was trying to deal with a heresy, with false teaching in the early church. They said, we have no sin. And if you go and you start reading from the beginning of 1 John 1, you see that this is exactly what John's dealing with. We see that in verse 1, he starts talking about Christ. He says, From the beginning, that which we have heard, that which we have seen with our eyes, that which we have handled with our hands, we've put our hands on, we physically touched him proving that Christ was real in the flesh. See, this was countering the Gnostic doctrine that Christ had not come in the flesh. In verse 5, he says, In God, who there is no darkness, talking about that God is the true God. There's nothing but light in him. He is the true God of light. In verse 7, he says, If we walk in the light, 
He cleanses us from all sin. So here, they're dealing with sin. It says, yes, we have sin, but God is in the light. And if we walk in that light, our sin, yes, we have sin, but it will be cleansed. Verse 8, it says, if we say we have no sin, then we are liars. So here we see John is systematically breaking down the doctrines of the Gnostics that were coming in the early church. And in verse 9, he says, If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. See, this verse was the answer. Yes, if we confess our sin, if we confess and say, yes, God, you are right. I am wrong. Cleanse me. It is a one-time event. This was an evangelistic appeal to a group of people who believed they had no sin. Thus, they did not need forgiveness. And he says, if you confess, then you will be made righteous. See, this verse is not telling us to constantly confess our sin because we're so wretched and so evil, but to confess our sin and agree with God one time about our sin, and it's about receiving His free gift of grace. See, confession, it's not something that we should be doing every day. We should not be searching our hearts and and pulling up the dredges of our sin because I tell you that that sin has been forgiven and forgotten in Christ. See, the gospel is not about perpetual confession. Verse 7, it says, And the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. This is all sin. We can't make it some sin. We can't make it one sin at a time. It says he cleanses us from all sin. Hebrews 9, 24 through 28 talks about how the high priest used to have to come and bring a sacrifice for sin over and over again. He said, but it's not like the high priest, but offered once to bear the sins of many. This is what Christ did. He was offered once. 1 Peter 3.18, it says that Christ suffered once. See, if we had to confess over and over, then Christ would have to suffer over and over. But he suffered once and forgave all our sin, once for all. John 1.29 here we have John the Baptist, and he sees Christ coming, and he says, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He took away all our sin at the cross. Hebrews 10.11 says, And every priest stands every day serving and offering the same sacrifices many times, which were never able to take away sins. But this one after he had offered one sacrifice for sins for all time, sat down at the right hand of God. So here we have Jesus offering a sacrifice for sin once for all.
all our sin is forgiven in Christ. Our sin is not being forgiven continually as we've been taught. Not when we sin, then we're we're out of fellowship with God, and then we confess our sin, and then we're made right with God. See, we keep preaching this, I've fallen in and out of love with you uh, scenario. And this is not how God operates. This is not how the new covenant operates. Christ was sacrificed once for our sin. We were forgiven once. It says, when you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you shall be saved. It doesn't say when you believe in your heart and you confess daily your sin, you will be saved. It doesn't say when you remember everything you've ever done, when you dredge everything from your soul and confess it, then you will be saved. He says, when you believe in your heart and then confess with your mouth, agree with God that yes, I am a sinner and I need salvation. Then the new creation happens. You are no longer a sinner. You are no longer considered uh, in sin, but you are made a new creation. Said our sin was forgiven in the past. Ephesians 4.32, it says, As Christ forgave, using a past tense, of this word. 1 John 2.12, it says, your sins are forgiven. Another past tense. Colossians 2.14 says, having destroyed the certificate of indebtedness in ordinances against us, which was hostile to us, and removed it out of the way by nailing it to the cross. Hebrews 10:17 says, "And their sins and their lawless deeds I will never remember again." See, this is important for us to understand the context of the gospel. See, the gospel is as that we were lost. We were with without a way to make ourselves right with God. We tried through the law and failed over and over again. But Christ came as a perfect sacrifice and he paid the price for our sin once for all, doing something that we could not do. And so when we confess in a true biblical way, it's a one-time confession. We agree with God. Yes, I believe that Jesus came and died for me and paid the price once for all for my sin. God remembers our sin no more. We don't have to dredge up our sin and present it to God daily. Because I'm telling you, if this was the truth, we would never be right with God. Because there's There was sin inside of us that we did not even know was sin. So how could we repent of something? How could we confess of something that we didn't even know? Christ paid for all our sin. The sin that we knew and the sin that we didn't. The sin of omission, the sin of commission. See, there are several verses that say our sin is forgiven and forgotten in the past tense. It's been done. It's a done deal. Now, we regret sin. We avoid it. 
There are consequences for sin. Don't get me wrong. If you sin, you will reap the benefits of sin in this world, which brings death and destruction in this life. But there is no condemnation before God, because in God's eyes, our sin has already been forgiven and forgotten. We are not sinners saved by grace. You've got to get this through your mind. We constantly tell others, oh, we're sinners saved by grace. No, I tell you, we are saints made righteous by grace. The key to understanding our sin is to understand who you are in Christ. See, the Bible clearly teaches. The New Testament says that we are sons and daughters. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that we are a new creation. It says the old has passed away. Behold, all things are new. Christ lives in us and through us. And when the Father looks at us, He sees the Son. He doesn't see a list of sin. He doesn't see someone that's trying to make it. He sees His Son that's already made it. Because Jesus lives in us and through us. See, we don't need to confess every day. Yes, when we sin, We say, God, thank you for your grace, and we avoid sin. But when you focus on sin, that's when it becomes more prevalent in your life. Listen to me. But when you focus on grace and his forgiveness, the power of that sin fades away. This is how we are transformed daily. It's not by confession, but it's by grace. It's by knowing who you are in Christ Jesus. If you've enjoyed this today, check us out on the web at Forgiven Once For All or on Facebook at Forgiven Once For All. And remember, God is madly in love with you. Until next time.